This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon. I'm Steve Peasley and welcome to Mess Talk. It is August 23rd, 2022. So I appreciate you being with me on the Mess Talk and I do really enjoy doing the podcast with Justin. I, every, we do it every day, Monday through Friday, live. And the phone number you will want to use to call me to ask any financial questions is the same as it always is, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 888-99-CHART. And I got a pretty pretty full schedule today, so my focus point concerns the question, how much money should you be saving every paycheck? How much? Now, there's a 50-30-20 budgeting rule, if you ever heard that one. There's an 80-20 budgeting rule. So there's different ways to do it. So we're going to get into that. And time permitting, I got several others, uh, topics I want to talk about. We're seeing economic numbers came out for July today. I think we need to talk about that. And J.P. Morgan says, with inflation, retirees need to toss the 4% rule of withdrawal out of their retirement accounts out. They don't like the 4% rule anymore. I don't know if I agree with them on that, but we're going to discuss it. And finally, retirement risk you need to plan for, besides just running out of money, as I just mentioned with the J.P. Morgan rule. So those are things we'll talk about today, but of course you always come first. I'm, you know, whatever it is on your mind, long as it's financial, we'll talk about it. I would like to, you to give me a call. Um, I see at the Color Voice Bank, we have several questions there. We're going to talk about Cisco. You know there's two Cisco's, right? One's a food delivery company, Cisco with an S, and the other one is Cisco with a C, Cisco Systems, a tech company. So there we're talking about the tech company. And also uh, Savamo Corporation. So those two we'll talk about. My trivia question today concerns the history of income tax in the U.S., the most dreaded tax most people hate. The history of income tax in the U.S. The answer will probably shock you, and that's coming up on the hallway, halfway point of the podcast. I've known the, the, the history for a while, and it's... Uh, it is shocking. So I've got all this plan for this episode of the podcast, but again, of course, you know, this you drive the show in the direction you want with your live calls. So the number is 888-99-CHART. So the market didn't do so well today. did poorly, very poorly yesterday, but didn't do very well today either, but not terrible. Uh, the Dow was down 150 points, 154 points. The NASDAQ was flat neither up nor down, and the S&P 500 was down nine points. So it wasn't that terrible of a day, and, you know, are we done with this little rally we've had since the low, low, June, low point in June? I mean, all through August, we've done, all through July and mostly all through August, we've done pretty decent 
hasn't gone straight up, but it's been pushing its way up from the bottom made in June. So is that done? Are we still going to have another run? Well, I think we're going to be dependent on some numbers. That's what I think. I think the weakness today was, was on economic number news. So we're going to talk about that. Well, hopefully we'll talk about it. But again, as I said, it's always you who drive the show. So let's go to our first caller question right now. Oh, good afternoon. I was wondering what your thoughts are on Intel, I-N-T-C. I'm a longtime holder of the company and plan on holding it into the future. And I know that its uh, price in stock has been down as of yet, but it pays a over 4% dividend. And I feel it's a strong company, but I was wondering what key fundamentals that you would be paying attention to that would be a a potential sell. Anyhow, thank you very much. Well, that is a big blue chip company, $139 billion in size, and it's more subject to the economic cycle than anything else. And the economic cycle is down. The stock has been falling pretty much... You know, most of the year, had a little rally uh, in the beginning of the year. But since, you know, like February or so, it's fallen pretty steady. And that's because the economic cycle has been, you know, we're, we're into the recession phase of the economic cycle. Now, I know people are going to argue with me about the recession. So I'm saying that because that's more the cycle Intel follows. It's very sensitive to the economic cycle. And it's now at a low in the economic cycle. But I think the fundamentals look pretty darn good. It's going to make $2.30 a share this year, $2.71 a share next year, down from $5.50, $5.50 last year. So it, that is another reason why it's falling, because it's at that part of the cycle. What I do like about the fundamentals in Intel, besides the dividend and strong $8.43 cash flow, and the mutual funds buying slowly, very slowly over the last year. There's, I like, you know, the new, um, I forgot the name of the law that they passed in Congress and signed by the president that is going to spend money and give money to chip manufacturers to build factories here in the United States. I mean, we're talking not little tiny bits of money, we're talking about billions, several billions of dollars. And that's going to benefit Intel directly. So I kind of like that part. And I think that dividend is pretty solid at 4.3%. I really do. So I like Intel. I mean, yeah, the price has been beat up. Uh, it was selling for 60 bucks a share. Now it's at 33 And at $2.70 next year, that means that the PE is not super cheap, but it's fairly cheap. Turn equity is really good, 26%. Not too much debt. They're, they're, they're in very good shape. We're moving into a quick break. I welcome your financial investment questions, and you can do it right now. No question is too simple or too complex. You set the agenda, not me. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still 
still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 chart. Hello. First of all, thank you guys again for the great show. That's great. Okay, Cisco Systems, a $196 billion company, another very large company, makes switches, routers, and other networking and communications hardware for businesses and home appliance. They've been very, very steady over the years. One of the reasons why, you know, this is a company that you would not hurt yourself by putting in your portfolio. But sales growth is is flat the last couple of quarters. Uh, but it's never as strong. It's just you know under ten percent when it does growth, and and sometimes you have some shrinkage. So it's just one of those big blue chip stocks now. It pays a three point two percent dividend. Doesn't have much debt, which is what you want to see in a dividend player. Not much debt. Pays good. Return on equity is very good at thirty five percent. Another thing you want to see, and you see a lot of support with mutual funds. There's there was 4,389 mutual funds owning it a year ago. Now there's 40, uh, 4,663. Okay, a couple hundred more. They're going to make $3.79 next year per share. It's a $47 stock. The five-year P.E. range is 10 to 20, so therefore it's at the low of its P.E. range. So it kind of tells me that it's not a bad purchase right here. Will it get weaker? It could. It got down to, uh, what, 41, 42 then bounced to 47, so it's been rising in the last, I don't know, let's see. Let me go back to a daily chart instead of the weekly. Uh, yeah, since, uh, what, about the end of July? So it rallied with the market and has been down the last two or three days. But I, I, I kind of I like Cisco system. 3.2% dividend you can't, you know, you can't complain about. You just can't. Um, so that's Cisco Systems. Uh, 888-99-CHART, my focus point concerns are how much money should you be saving from your paycheck? The 50-30-20 budgeting rule is pretty handy. And what that refers to is 50% you pay for your 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 needs. The, that's 50% of your paycheck, your needs. 30% of the paycheck for your wants and 20% for savings. And the, the other rule they have is 80-20, which is pretty much the same rule. That 20% is still for saving. You're supposed to save 20% of your, your, your income. Now, that's very difficult to do, as I know. And the 80-20 means, well, 80, you split it any way you want to between wants and needs. 
Okay. So those are the two kinds of rule of thumbs. Most people, you know, you do realize that 45% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. 45% of Americans in the United States have less than $1,000 saved for anything emergency. That is way, way, way too low. So the first thing you do, first thing you do, those 45% start building some money for emergency. Have an emergency fund. Uh, you probably should have two or three months worth of your salary for emergencies. So start doing that. You can do it. Most people can do it. They just don't want to do it. And what I've noticed over the years is that saving for retirement for some people is very easy, but for most people is very difficult. They just have trouble getting into the habit of saving and are investing for their future. They just don't do it. They start very young not doing it, spending every money, every dime they get, and they just never get around to it until they're old. The earlier you start, the less you have to save. So my suggestion is just start saving something. Just spend less than you earn. I would be content if you spend 10% less than you earn, that 10% you invest. I'd be very content with, with any client, prospective client I talk to. I'd be content with that. Okay, but many people can't afford to save 20%. Their needs outweigh because they don't have, they're not making enough money. So these are just guidelines. Everybody is, you know, is individual. But my, my, biggest, my biggest suggestion is just get started. And then once you get started, don't lose the habit of saving. And this is not money that you can save and I'm just going to spend it when I feel like it. Well, you know. No, this is money you're saving for your retirement. Now, if you want to save money for a new car, which I did many times over my lifetime, uh, paid cash for my cars, but I always saved it up to pay the cash. And what that, you know what that tends to do? It makes it tends for you to, make, to buy a cheaper car because you don't, you know, all the hard work to save it, you don't want to spend it all. So that's what it made me do anyways. So... You know, you want to have a comfortable retirement. That's the bottom line. And to do that, you need to save and invest money over all your working life. Okay, it's not impossible. It really isn't. Let's grab another iTunes question. Uh, This is from uh, Cosmo Kramer. Uh, When comparing KO and KDP, which is a better hold? Now, see, that's a very difficult kind of question. To ask which is better hold, well, does it fit in your 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 portfolio? Ko is Coca Cola, and I'm sure K K D P uh, is curing curing Dr Pepper. Okay, uh, so they're both carbonated drink makers. So what's <coughs> excuse me. Uh, if you were just to ask me a question, I would say, Coca, you know, between the two, without doing a lot of research, I'd say Coca-Cola. They have the massive brand that's internationally known. I would stick with that if you give me those two to pick from. Okay? This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here on this program and podcast to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, the work will continue right after the break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. 
You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888 everybody. Um, we're seeing economic numbers for July. And I do believe this is what caused the market's weakness today. This is what put pressure on the market downwards, was the economic numbers that came out. First, uh, first new home sales. And that's it's the lowest since uh, January 2016. That's the lowest number. 511,000 homes, new home sales. They expected 574 down from 585 the month before. So this is July, 511 versus 584 month before. So that's 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 what 12, 13 percent. That's a big drop month over month, and I think that's just getting started. Pending home sales will be out tomorrow, so we'll you know maybe bring that up. Maybe Justin talk about it, but I definitely talk about it next time I'm here. I think on Friday, but. Some of the numbers that also weren't very good, uh, August PMI numbers. So this is looking now, it's a kind of, it's not, it's not a complete number. It's a, you know, an a, a estimate right now. Uh, for, for, for manufacturing, it's 51.3 from 52.2. But anything above 50 is expansion. But services fell to 44.1 from 47.3 the month before, and they expected it to go up a couple points, not down. So I think that was the shocker number. And remember, we are a service economy. And you, you've read the headlines as well as I have, and more and more companies are, are suggesting they're going to lay off people. What that does is that causes a deeper recession. The expect, that's why I say when I've said this many times, the expectation of a recession will cause a recession. The expectation of inflation will cause inflation because people change their behavior because they're worried. They're worried it's going to, you know, for instance, uh, recession. People, the expectation, they, they start to save money instead of spend it. Remember, we're, we're, we're a service economy. You know, we're, uh, and we're, you know, we're consumer-driven. Inflation, people expect it, then there's no reason why, no reason to hold it down because they expect it to go up. So they just, they don't shop around for bargains or they just, and they pay the higher prices because, yeah, it's expected. It's coming. So these things help produce the very things that hurts us. So it's kind of interesting. So those economic numbers, especially the services PMI, was very uh, disturbing I mean, everybody expected housing to get worse, but it's getting worse faster than they expect. So this means what is what Chairman Powell going to do? Is he still going to raise rates? Yes, he is. He is. Let's pivot to an InvestTalk voice bank question. The next question came in earlier from Texas. Hello, InvestTalk. Mike from Texas. I'm a new investor just over a year now. I own 10 companies in six sectors. I'd like to get to about 20 to 25 stocks in my portfolio over the next couple of years. One sector I am not in is basic materials, and I'm looking at Silvamo, ticker SLVM. Just want to know your thoughts on expanding my portfolio with Silvamo. 
It's been public for a few years now, made money every year they've been public, good price to sales, low PE, their operations are global, good return on equity about 18%, enterprise value to EBITDA is below five, and they've just started paying a dividend. I am concerned that they've reported that their CAGR to be negative over the next several years, and one of their plants, along with a 250,000-acre farm of trees that they use for their paper products, are located in Brazil, and they've recently gotten out of their Russian operation due to the geopolitical atmosphere. Would this company still be a positive addition to my portfolio? Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thank you for all you do. Okay, this is a company out of Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Manufactures renewable fiber-based packaging, pulp, and paper products with manufacturing operations globally. Okay, it's a $2 billion company. It makes money. It makes pretty good money. It's, made, uh, 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 it's going to make $8.64 next year. This year, $8.50. It's a $45 stock. So it tells you it's a low price. Now, this is the kind of stock that deserves a low price because usually they don't have high growth. This company has been growing pretty fast the last four quarters, but it shrank the four quarters before that. This type of company is extremely cyclical. So I think you're at the top of the cycle right now, uh, economic cycle, for this company. So we're moving toward the next, the, you know, we're in recession, quote unquote. Um, and usually these companies struggle in recession. Now, it could be different for, for this company because it is a fairly new and it's not that big. And maybe they have dynamics that I don't see here in front of me. It is not a very old company. came out, it's only been a public company for several years, four or five years, as you suggested. So um, it's, it, it's a good, solid company at this point. Uh, and so I don't have a problem with it. They do have a lot of debt that makes me a bit nervous. That would be my one thing I would be very careful of. No one knows, no one I know likes paying income tax. They reduce your ability to save for your comfortable retirement and financial future, as we all know. Very painful. Nevertheless, the U.S. income tax was first created in 1913. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. What was the original federal income tax rate? The, the bottom bracket. And what was the highest tax rate? in the U.S. history. Okay, that, I think it will shock you. After the break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to ask your questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think 
in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Okay, I asked a trivia question before the break. Uh, what was the original federal income tax rate for the bottom bracket? Bottom bracket, and what was the highest tax rate in U.S. history? First, a little history. U.S. President Woodrow Wilson signed the Revenue Act of 1913 into law on October 3rd, 1913. So he was a dastardly president that put in the income tax. It, he lowered average tariff rates from 40% to 26%. Remember, the federal government was really run by tariffs. That was how it was funded with tariffs before that. 40% to 26%. But he also established at that time a 1% tax on income above $3,000 per year. 1%. The tax affected approximately 3% of the population. People didn't make hardly any money back then. Money went a lot further back then. So only 3% of the population paid at 1% income tax. So what was the highest tax rate in U.S. history? 1944 and 45, World War II. A 94% rate applied to any income then above $200,000. Well, what would that be in today if you adjust it for inflation? 
what would it be? About $3,360,000. You'd be paying 94% income tax on that. Okay. Here's a bonus question. What percentage did U.S. citizenry pay no federal income tax right now? What percent pay no income tax? Well, the Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center estimates that 57% of U.S. households paid no federal income tax for 2021, up substantially from 44% before the pandemic. So well over half the people pay no income tax. So when the government says they're going to tax the rich, they're not talking about those people that don't pay taxes. Right? They don't. So who's who's the rich? That's what really irritates me. What they really should say is they should tax the wealthy. They don't do that. Tax the wealthy. Tax people who are multi-hundreds of millionaires or billionaires. Tax those people because they don't take income. They don't pay take income. They don't. That's not how they pay themselves. Anyways, we won't get into that. Let's go to James in Georgia. Hi, James. Hey, how you doing, Steve? I got a question. Um, I was looking at Newmark Group Incorporated. I hold the stock, and it's down to ten dollars and twenty-five cents a share right now. And I was thinking about maybe adding to it. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think this would be a good time to get some more? Let's see. Uh, what do they do? They're they're a, almost a two billion dollar company, so not too small. Headquarters in New York, New York provides commercial real estate service uh, services business that offer a full suite of services and products. So it's in real estate, commercial real estate, and that's probably why it's weakened, you know, because the markets are property weakened. They're going to, uh, let's see, that was, no, that was a long time ago. They're, they're going to make a $1.87 next year, $1.82 this year. They made $1.72 last year, $0.89 cents a year before that. So this year and next year is the most they've ever made, okay? It's a $10.47 stock. So it's pretty cheap. P-E ratio is what? If it's $1.87, it's a $10 stock. We're looking at what? Uh, five, six, seven P-E? Pretty low. The range is 2 to 16, so it's never had a high you know, range. 45% return on equity, which is very good. What's the debt? Debt's not too bad. That's surprising. Okay, I like that too. They've been growing their sales pretty briskly, um, but the sales growth is slowing. But it's still the last most recent one, June quarter, 22%, 20% growth in sales. So that's good. So, yeah, it's a good, solid company. I have no problem with you adding to it. But it's going to be cyclical because it's in real estate, right? So, But this should right. be the weakest part of the cycle. So I think it's holding up pretty well for being the weakest part of the cycle. Okay. Don't you? Um, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, don't make it a huge part of your portfolio, but if you don't have enough to make it 3 to 5%, I'd, I'd increase it. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Okay. Good luck with it, James. Good. I hope Thank it works so for you. Thanks, James. Let's keep things moving, and I'll play another question, this time from an Talk listener in Arizona. Hi, this is Jeremy from Tucson. A question about Biogen, B-I-I-B. I'd like to know your thoughts about it. Thank you. Okay, Biogen. That's out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Develops treatments for uh, neurodegenerative uh, 
autoimmune and metallurgic disorders, hemological disorders. Okay, I'm not good with medical terms whatsoever. Um, let's see. Take a look at the earnings. They made $19.22 in 2021. This year, they're going to make $16.39, and next year, $15.89. So that's one of the reasons why the stock has been falling from $340 down to you know, $200, a little bit below $200. It's at $202 now. Okay, so at $202, does that make it a good bargain? Well, there's no sales growth and hasn't been for two years. That would concern me. Why isn't the sales growing? Cash flow is very strong, $21 a share. Um, at fifteen eighty seven, the PE is pretty darn low. Uh, what thirteen or so, fourteen, something like that. Uh, and that's unfortunately not the, not the five year low. The five year low is seven PE range. Seven to thirty is where it goes. So it's not as cheap as you might expect. It looks cheap, but now when you compare it to its own history, it is not expensive either. Don't think, I'm not trying to tell you it's expensive. It's not. What I would worry myself about is why is sales growth, why is sales shrinking? Why can't why can't we be growing? It, I mean, we're talking the last two years, every quarter. So I can understand now, but why, why you know, a year and a half ago? Why? why? So look, at, look to see where they're, you know, do they have something coming out that was sparked? This is Biogen, everybody. B-I-B-B-I-I-B. Biogen. Is there something going to spark it? Something needs to spark it. You know, some they have to have some kind of major move of something to give them sales growth. You got to have that. If without that, James, I don't know. If, I mean, without that, uh, um, the I don't know if I. Would buy, I don't think I buy. It. I don't think I buy it at this point unless I knew what that was. Okay, you got to have some kind of catalyst. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, summer's here. Um, well, we're getting pretty late in the summer. I mean, August is almost over, and we're going to move into September. What? Summer ends at September 21st. Is that that's when fall begins, right? The 21st of September. So we're not that far away from uh, summer being over with. Okay? Uh, you know, right now in Reno, it's 97 degrees. San Diego is 77. That's about the same temperature where I am in uh, San Juan Capistrano, which is in Orange County, South Orange County. Um, so keep in mind that you know we've had a lot of volatility over the summer, and are we going to have more? Are we are we going to calm down? Is no, and no one really knows, but I think we've had some pretty outside volatility, up and down. Not all bad. It's not all bad. Volatility in and of itself is not bad. It's just you just got to recognize it and deal with it. I think it's worth a minute or two to maybe talk about the benefits of uh, our firm, KPP Financial, Justin, I, Justin Klein and I own. Uh, we are based in Irvine, California. What's well, in Orange County in Southern California. And I'll remind you, at KPP, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success, and we, in, we implement that by you know, practicing what we call parallel investing, we have no bias of any kind. Parallel investing means we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. So, you know, we do that. Um, and we do it at the same time, same price, same percentage. So I'm on. We're, we want to be on the same side of the table as our clients when it comes to owning these investments. 
We have five different programs from very risky to very non-risky, so it depends on how, who you are and what you want. I think after about 10 minutes of speaking with us, you'll understand the difference. You know, um, we would love to talk to you. We would love to take a look at your portfolio. We'll help you. We really will help you. And you don't have to become a client. Don't have, there's no obligation. We don't push. That's not who we are. Okay, so give us a call. You can give us a call at our Irvine office, or you can send us an email going to our website, KPP Financial, or investtalk.com, one or the other. Um, investtalk.com is usually where most people go to. So give us a call. Let's talk to Bill Hayward. Hi, Bill. Good afternoon, Steve. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you. I was going to ask you about Devon Energy. I have a balanced uh, growth and income portfolio, and I was looking at that dividend, and I wanted to get your opinion on where do you think this company's headed and what do you think about the dividend? Well, I think the dividend is pretty safe. Okay, they're going to make $9.81, a $70 stock, so what is that, 60, 60% uh, payout ratio, and, and that's, that's kind of at the limit where we're comfortable um, and they're paying a 6.6% dividend. I mean, come on. That's not bad. They have some debt, no, nothing to worry about. The cash flow is pretty strong. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds have been buyers. Devon Energy, everybody, simple DVN, is out of Oklahoma City, engaged in the exploration and production of oil, gas, natural gas in the United States and Canada. Natural gas, of course, has been skyrocketing the last year. Oil is pretty high. It's coming off its peak. But there is no way that we are not going to continue using oil for a long time. The world demand for oil is going to go up in the next 10 to 20 years, not down. So I, I know we want clean, a clean, uh, you know, clean climate and all that stuff. I, I do, too. I'm just saying that... You know, the, most of the world doesn't use oil and gas. You know, so when they start wanting to have independent uh, independence and more energy and electricity and those kinds of things, that, that, that's probably where they're going to turn to. So I have no problem owning this kind of company. We've been suggesting it for a while. Not this particular one, but companies like this one. So, Bill, I have no problem with it. I don't. Good luck. This is Invest Talk. You probably know that, right? I mean... We've been here on this same show, same days for 22 plus years. Actually, Invest Talk has been around for longer than that. So, you know, you're listening to it, and we appreciate it. We really do. I hope you're telling your friends and family members about it. It's free, it always is. Up next, we'll play another listener play another listener question. So, just hang on. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Hey guys, love the show. This is Corey in North Carolina. Um, I had a question about my IRA. I have a, a traditional IRA, and I started out with about 2,000 minutes since been listening to the podcast, and it's grown just based on some penny stocks I've invested in to a little over 12,000 now in just a couple months. I'm 32 years old, and I'm 
I'm wondering if I should convert it to a Roth IRA just based on, you know, paying the taxes up front now and if I continue to grow it more and more using that Roth advantage of, you know, getting the tax breaks 59 and a half or however old it is you have to be to draw from the IRA. Look forward to hearing the answer and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. I wish it was a simple answer to that, but there isn't. So I was wondering if you have from your work a 401k, and is that a Roth 401k or a regular 401k? If you have a regular 401k and you have a regular IRA, then I'd probably be more prone to convert it. But you, you realize you, you can open up a Roth and just convert part of it because whatever you convert is going to be added to your incomes for that year, and you're going to have to pay income tax. So whatever you convert from your regular IRA to the Roth, remember, you convert 2000 well, that's 2000 more in your income tax. So what tax bracket are you in? So if you're in a very low tax bracket, then it might be wise to convert it because you'd be paying low taxes. But if you convert the whole thing, would that push you into a higher tax bracket? And do you want to do that? That's why I said it's not a simple answer. Is yeah, you know, yeah or no, do it. It's just not that simple. But these are the things you got to consider. So if you want to talk about it, or you know, you can talk to your accountant. That might be the smart place to talk to initially, to see what what the burden of tax would be if you convert it. Good question. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. On the Nest Invest Talk, this story: looking at the big picture in energy options. Energy options. Okay, that that's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Robert in Pleasanton. Hi, Robert. Hey there, Steve. I'd like to get your opinion on a REIT. Uh, it's DOC, D-O-C. Physicians huh? mm-hmm. Realty Trust. Real Estate Investment Trust investing in 279 properties located in 33 states. It is a 3.8, almost $3.9 billion company, moving close to being a mid-sized company there. Uh, it's very solid, very consistent. Um, it's going to make a dollar four next year, dollar two this year, dollar five last year, dollar five the year before. The highest it's ever made was a dollar nine. So don't expect it to be, oh, it's going to go up really big. It's not. Is, is not, but it pays a 5.3% dividend, and I guarantee you they'll be able to continue to pay that 5.3% dividend. Sales growth has picked up in the last couple of quarters. Um, I, I like it that they're in, um, I, 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 I do like the areas they're in, Physicians Realty Trust, um, and I like that area. I think it's very rewarding. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, is about $16 a share. Right now, it's $17.28. You would hurt, not hurt yourself if you bought it here and just held on to it. 
But I think if we get a, another down stroke in the correction or the bear market we're in, you might get it for $16. You may not, maybe half position now and half position later, but you're going to get that 5.3% no matter what you do. I kind of like it, Robert. There's another one I like a little bit better, but I can't, you know, until someone asks me about it, I can't really share. Rob, appreciate the question. Thank you. DOC, Doc, Physicians Realty Trust. Thanks for the call. Okay, um, J.P. Morgan says, with inflation, retirees need to toss out the 4% rule withdrawing while you're in retirement, 4% of your savings. And they said, no, doesn't apply. One of the reasons, they have several reasons. One, living longer, you're living longer. Two, people saving much less than they should be. Inflation and lower returns. That's one of the reasons. I don't know about, you know, why, why do I say I don't know? Well, because you can get conservative and start buying bonds, and they're, they're getting close to or an over paying over 4%. So it's not a bad, you know, I think the rules still can apply. And, of co- course, you might want to tailor, they, su- they suggest tailor-made withdrawal rates. Of course they would because they want to manage your money, and they want to be the man- money manager, and they want to set up the plan for you so that you can pay them. That's why. But but you could do it yourself. I mean, you can. Um, and, again, I think the 4% rule is not out. I don't. I think it's a good, solid rule. I mean, if you're, if you're all of a sudden you notice over the next couple of years you're not earning 4% on your money, you can always reduce your withdrawal rate. You know, so you could do stuff like that. And another related topic, retirement risk you need to plan for besides just, you know, run out of money, <laughs> right? Besides that, okay, you need to plan for longevity, which matches what J.P. Morgan says about withdrawal, withdrawal rule. You need to plan that you're going to live longer. Most people don't think so, but you are, okay? Um, and you got to – people under budget for their wants – not their needs. In other words, many people retire and they want to go travel. They want to buy a motorhome. They want to do this and that. They don't have to. It's not a need. And most people don't budget that in retirement. You need to think about that. Okay? Uh, so it's a risk. And also, most people think, well, Medicare would take care of everything. No, not everything. There are certain out-of-pocket costs you're going to have to deal with. Okay, and another risk, bad money management and inflation. You didn't have to worry about inflation until more recently, recent years, right? Okay, so those are some of the things you have to consider. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about the free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you do get downloaded from them. It helps our profile, and we appreciate it. Independent thinking and shared success, everybody. This is Talk. Have a great night. Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice. 
or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.